have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter-silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of. Wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace, where never lark or even eagle flew. And while with silent, lifting mind, I've trod the high, untrespassed sanctity of space. Put out my hand and touch the face of God. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Masonic Light Podcast, episode 69. It's not a Beach Boys song. It's just our episode. (laughs) But we do have the harmonies. There we go. Welcome, everybody. I'm just trying to get over that that intro. I just felt as though I touched the face of Tim. (laughs) Well, Tim... Tim, uh, Tim was showing his age here. <laughs> he goes, you know what they had on television right before the close of thing? I'm like, oh, no, the test pattern. Uh, there was a Native American, like one of the things. And like, no, what's it called, Tim? High flight. High flight. Yeah. And yes, you were. Yes. It was beautiful, actually, as a poem. It was, yeah. it was kind of So, nice. you know, hopefully the, uh, the, the YouTube police will not uh, flag that <laughs> yeah, right. as something we're not allowed to use. Violation of copyright. It's actually public domain now. Everybody so. that had anything to do with it is dead now. So it's okay. I'm guessing some of our listeners uh, may remember it. I'd like to get him as our voiceover guy. If, yeah, uh, really. <laughs> that means we have to get rid of Brian Hill. Do you want to do that? No, you can't. He's like a bad penny. You can't get rid of him. <laughs> Well, welcome, everybody. Um, we're having a uh, kind of an impromptu show tonight because Larry was scared of bad weather and canceled our guest, told our guest not to come in. <laughs> Meanwhile, the weather's fine. This being Pennsylvania, there was no bad weather, yeah. So, yeah, and then, uh, so we're just here, um, but we're going to have our own little topic. Hi, everybody. So, uh, as we sat around and discussing what to talk about, Jack drew the short straw, so Jack got the pick. So, Jack, what are we talking about so wait, today? wait, we're going to leap right into this? Well, I mean, 
Okay, we're, All right. We're going over. Try Let's to see how it is. That one guy from Poughkeepsie called and says, I don't care what you guys do. Well, that we're gives not us leave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he never listened to the show, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah, I mean, have we, any of us done anything exciting that's worth talking about? Um, I spoke at the York Tall Cedars. Yeah. Talked about the Temple of Solomon. Very well received. And uh, Senior Fulton did a nice job leading the meeting, so kudos to him. Um, but that's all I got. Okay. Tim, have you done anything of merit? Um, probably the most exciting thing I did was a training with uh, a bunch of district deputies at the uh, Patton Campus uh, oh. Conference Center. What be, did they? Be still my heart. Yeah. What did they talk about? Uh, there were two topics. Uh, actually, they had their regular meeting, and uh, there were some breakout sessions. And uh, the reason I was there was to assist with the conversation around secretary and treasurers and their use of... Um, the Salesforce system, which is the uh, database that we use. And uh, some lodges are doing really, really well with it, and some are struggling. And But the other, to- another topic that was outstanding was they were given instruction on Masonic trials. Oh, we, we need to they do don't come up, they don't come up very often. I uh, know. So, Larry, have you done anything exciting? Well, I thought we weren't going to do this. Well, that's well. You do nothing exciting, so we're just going to skip. Yeah, you. that's yeah. easy. That's I'm a pass. Skip me because we weren't going to do this. We weren't going to. Larry, did you eat any Masonic meals in the last two weeks? In the last two week, uh, yeah. tonight I did. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So, big. yeah, the most exciting thing I did was watch the worst Super Bowl ever at Larry's house. <laughs> it was. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Josh, have you done anything exciting? Not a thing. There we go. All right. All right. So, so get that uh, out of the way. So there, that's done. So Jack, talk to us about our uh, our topic of the evening. So the whole the whole subject started with, oh my god, what are we going to talk about <laughs> after we sat down and turned the microphones on? So, and after I canceled the guests. And after, <laughs> poor Ed, we miss you, Ed. Um, so I I just threw up the topic. Um, I, I like where we are right now in Freemasonry. I like where the the fraternity is going. I like some of the changes that are being made. I like a lot of stuff that's happening right now uh, as a result of the 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 next phase. And we talked about this before exactly where we need to be. I think that was what forty seven or something back then. but um, but I in in retrospect, I really think that the fraternity is in a really interesting place right now to be an important aspect of men's lives uh, going forward. And I, I, I just think it's, a, it's a, an awesome time in Freemasonry. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I've, I've, I'm in my 21st year of the fraternity. And for the first 16, 17, 18, I just kind of wondered what I was doing. Um, the past couple of years, I've really found some interesting things. And, you know, this podcast, we get a lot of fellowship and we get to learn stuff. I get out of um, a body called AMD. I get some of the more esoteric and some of the more, I just feel like an adult. I just feel really feel like an adult and I'm surrounded by men who are way smarter than me and way better people than me. And I just see something I can try to match up to someday. Um, and then on the silly side, things like, like Grotto and Cedars where it's just, it's shenanigans. And all those things are making my Masonic journey good now. But I, I wish I would have found those 20 years ago. Well, I'm not sure they existed altogether 20 years ago. I, I, the components were there and the, the, 
the core was there, but it was kind of un, underdeveloped. Uh, I know when I came in 15 years ago, th there was this thing called the uh, uh, Lodge of Research that was kind of new. I kept reading as I was doing more and more research about this um, uh, Quater Coronati thing that happened in England, but that didn't have anything really to do with my Freemasonry. Uh, Larry, I think you're... Are you a member of Quater uh, I'm a member of the... Uh, the circle, yes. Okay. Of course, whatever the hell we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, yeah, and, are you and, level and nine I, scholar? And actually, actually, I went to a meeting in London to, okay. uh, of of uh, of the uh, the research the yeah yeah the, the, whatever. That's wow. the one you fell asleep and you woke up in a past master's <laughs> yes, meeting. Yes, that's it. Right. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't have been there. So it's it's um. But it, it, it's different now because there's more of that available. And there's there's other podcasts that delve into more of that uh, deeper thinking kind of stuff. Yeah, and well, I, I'm, I'm a member 45 years. And it wasn't until I transferred my membership up from South Carolina to Pennsylvania that I realized that Pennsylvania was doing things that I was really interested in. Mm -hmm. The Academy of Masonic Knowledge was starting and was two or three or four years in the Pennsylvania Lodge of Research. So the, the kinds of things that I was really interested in were beginning to happen in our state. And I realized there, there's big changes being made in Freemasonry, um, most of which I was not a participant of in another state. And uh, it, it, I, I saw it happening, and I see it continue to happen. I see it growing. So it, it, your, your, your supposition that we're in a good place, I think we are too. And I was, as someone who's been in 13 years, um, it occurred to me that um, if you think back to the huge numbers of members that came in kind of post-World War II, um, most of those folks have died, um, and their offspring have kind of gone through their terms, in most cases, uh, in Lodge leadership. And so now you're into that third generation from that um, and the exciting thing is I'm really seeing a lot of new ideas. Uh, we've got a uh, upper 20-something-year-old uh, that is the high priest in our chapter doing things that we've never done in chapter before. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I, you know, uh, he came to me and, and asked at the beginning of his term when he was putting his program together, what do you think folks will think about this? And it's like... They'll let you know, first of all, but, but it, was, it was topics that hadn't been done before. What, what kinds of things? Well, I mean, one of the things, for example, was the whole conversation that we had recently uh, around the use of medical marijuana, for example. A, an actual program, first of all, in chapter, which for the longest a program time, in we actually chapter? had a program in chapter. Sacrilege. So that was, uh, that was a huge difference. And uh, again, it's, uh, it's make this what you need it to be. And I think that that's starting to happen in a lot of bodies. And um, did you say be the change you want be to see? The change did you, you want say to that? See? I, I didn't. But you didn't. But you should have. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, many of the groups that you all have mentioned, such as AMD, um, you know, the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, those are things that are piquing my interest even more today than they have over the previous thirteen years. Yeah, some of these things, and, and I get it for some of the old the real old school members that these things were kind of like an invite only and, and you know, you'll need you'll learn about it when we feel like it's time for you to learn about it. 
But nowadays with technology being so accessible, people know about things that are outside of their area. And I think especially with podcasts now, we're crazy blessed in this area Masonic-wise because there's so many things available to us. But if you go just a few states away, your option is maybe your Blue Lodge and then, you know, pick the random appendant body that happens to be in your town. Yeah. Uh, the Scottish Rite might be two hours away. You might have to drive three, four hours to go get your York Rite degrees. So, or Shrine, even. Yeah. So, I mean, with a podcast, people are finding out more about these things, and they're f- finding the things that interest them. One of the fascinating things that I've come across recently is something the Grand Lodge of England has put together, which is an education portal uh, for both their members and their incoming folks. Uh, It's called, of all things, Solomon. Uh, But um, I found it and I thought, you know, I'm going to sign up and they may not let me in because I'm not a member, obviously, of the Grand Lodge of England. But literally within 15 minutes, they ask you, you're in a Masonic affiliation or whatever. And once inside, they go really in-depth into many of the things that we talk about in our degrees. And, I mean, I've learned a lot just going through what they are taking their folks through um, in their degree work um, as as follow-up to that that we would consider Masonic education. Um, There's so much. I mean, we, for so many years, have just sort of skipped across the top of the water. And we've never challenged the candidates as long as i've been a pennsylvania mason we haven't really challenged the members to really dig deep we use this we use this you know making good men better thing and we throw that around but if anybody asks you how i mean what would you tell them i don't know i don't know it's a thing uh, we do uh, better yeah uh, pie we got pie yeah except pie after the meeting after the meeting but and that's about it i mean i remember one on uh, the one of the first questions that came up i uh, I was I was meeting with that we called it the post degree in, in in this lodge, and it was one meeting between your degrees with somebody who would basically say, "Do you have any questions?" No. Okay, great. Have a nice day. Um, and I said, "So this Holy Saint John thing, what's that about?" I don't know. Well, well, okay. Patron saint of stonemasons. Pie. Let's have pie. And and that was as close to that's as close to anything as I got. And I was like, really? I I can't imagine that that that's what that means. And now that I've now that I've dug and dug and dug and dug, you know, now I that digging just about that topic has opened me up to a whole nother level of phil- philosophical, um, you know, neoplatonic dialogue that's happening um, that... What? What? Yeah, exactly. But there's guys, and I know there's at least three of them listening to this podcast, that that dig that stuff. And it, it's just, you know, it's it's becoming talked about now. And that, I think, is really exciting. Yeah. I, th- I think... Maybe uh, not to toot our own horn, to toot, uh, but we tend to talk about Turn masonically um, masonic things here on a very casual level, and I and I don't think a lot of the other shows do that. And 
you know, we admit our failures. We, we, we talk about what we don't know. And, you know, I, I wish I was more eloquent and could tell you these things. But I'm like, yeah, I just, I think that we put a lot of people at ease that, you know, they don't have to be insecure about not knowing stuff. That's why we're here. Well, and, and we don't even go too much into that stuff. We, we talk about the fact that it's there, but we don't talk about what it is or what it means or where to go or, you know, cite five references pertaining to the allegory of the cave or whatever. Well, we'll wait till we get a smart guy like Yasser in in a couple of weeks. Then. Ah, Yasser will be hanging out. He'll be having a good time. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's wonderful. And, and here's Yasser, who is the district grand high muckety-muck of, um, the of allied, Masonic. allied Masonic degrees and a regular dude. Um, but he is... You know, and and that's an area of the fraternity that is growing faster. I think it is the fastest growing, and that word was growing, <laughs> aspect of Freemasonry is the Allied Masonic degrees because people are looking for that stuff and they expected to find it when they joined the Blue Lodge, and it just isn't. And the there. other, and I think Yasser may be involved in this as well. But like the Hot's Grade Academy, yeah. through Scottish yeah, 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 Rite, yeah. like they can't keep up with the people that are trying to get in. And, and yeah, they can't the get work. all the papers read. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just shows you that people are starved for absolutely knowledge. And, and, you, and you, you mentioned the uh, role that this podcast has played in that. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to some folks in my lodge who only recently became aware of the podcast, and I, I think, shame on them. I know. Um, I think that um, you know. I, I tell folks tell other people about it because uh, when asked to describe, so what is it about? And what I what I described is imagine four or five guys sitting around a table, uh, talking about some Masonic topic um, that and, we know and, nothing about. <laughs> well, and as, as you said, admitting things that we don't know about and and, and being inquisitive uh, with our guests that we bring in that obviously are more knowledgeable about us about any given topic. Uh, but it's really just a bunch of guys sitting around having a conversation about. Um, Masonic topics, right? And that's and that's what's really missing because you can't really do that in a lodge with six hundred members. You you just you can't you can't get to know six hundred guys. I mean, you, you know, so so you carve off the seventy percent of them that are over the age of eighty, um, and 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 let them do their fellowship thing because that's why they joined. That was the post war boom. They mm -hmm. they wanted that you know, camaraderie of the trenches kind of um, kind of group. And they had that, and they got that for a long time. And that's, you know, Shrine blew up, and um, and all, all of that kind of stuff um, got really big and really important. Um, but now as those guys are, are passing away from us, um, it's it's left this, I, I don't want to say skeleton or, or husk or shell, because I think it's back to the core. <laughs> I think it really is the core of what it's supposed to be. It's not, you know, it, I, I hate hearing guys talk about that the fraternity's dying because it's not. It's, it's reallocating. And I think this is really, when you think about the guys who wrote this work 300 years ago, who wrote the rituals, who, you know, wrote the, the constitutions and, uh, and, and, and pulled it all together. And, this, and, and I recognize that it was Freemasonry was happening before 1717. Um, but, but those guys that codified it and put it together and made it uh, into this Grand Lodge structure, those guys 
those guys, that's how they talked. I mean, they were just coming out from under the, the you know, foot on the neck of the Catholic Church. Uh, and this was their opportunity to really, um, really spread that, those Enlightenment concepts um, under, under a veil of secrecy so that they didn't find themselves burned at the stake at some point. And I, I, I just, I love that. I love being a, a, a I love being a, a part of that history. That, 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 that there's a chance. And I'd say not even millennials, because I mean, you know, we're we're here from in this room right now in the 30s to Larry's in like early 80s. The <laughs> we have a wide range. That's in close. That's in metric. Uh, <laughs> but we have a wide range. But everybody here is very active on social media, and so. <laughs> While there's a lot of things about social, there you go, Larry. Turn your phone nice. off. There's a lot of things about social media. There, there's yeah, hey, Larry's ESPN news news alert. <laughs> the Flyers game just ended. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we get so much of our um, socialization via non Masonic things now, and that's sad. But that's a reality. So what we're getting, what we're not getting from the internet is anything smart. You know, you just, you get dumber every time you listen to the internet. Oh, you know what though? There's, I mean, let's, let's come back to this after we, let's take a quick break and, and then come back to this. And, and the idea is um, not dumb things on the interwebs. Let's come back to that. Derp. Hey. Derp. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back, and I think we're going to talk about not so dumb things on the internet. Yes, that's the point. Still yes. explain to me what's dumb on the internet. I think everything. What's is, dumb on the uh, internet? Uh, Larry is clearly uh, not on the internet. Uh, I, I You've been on any was, of my websites. I, I wow. was taught to believe everything on the internet is true. And it is. It okay. Is. Thank you. Except from the other side, they're all wrong. <laughs> so, oh wait, no, that's social media. Um, so no, Pete. Pete ended it with lots of dumb things around, and and doubtless there are lots of dumb things on the internet. There's lots of dumb things about Freemasonry on the internet, but, but, and I bring this to mind because I was turned on to a very cool podcast called Schwepp, the Secret History of Western Esotericism podcast. 
And it starts with um, this. Thanks to Chris Rodkey for turning me onto this. Schweppes. Schweppes. Ginger ale. Yes, ginger ale. Yes, that's all you need to worry about. Esotericism. Esotericism. Oh. I think is the correct. You need an old priest and a young priest. Correct. <laughs> Got it. Correct. And then the head spins around, and there's pea soup, and it's gross. So, so anyway, um, but this this particular podcast, and I'm about eight episodes in. Is um, just follows the track of Western Western esoteric thought and what it you know what is esoteric thought and what where who where does this all come from and it, it it sort of traces the whole history of Western thought right starts with Plato and goes there what 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 what, what are we doing I had an accident we're good <laughs> you better now okay take your medicine. <laughs> But there, the point being that there are lots of uh, there are lots of great things on the internet, um, in particular in the realm of podcasts that that you can you can dig deeper and and um, delve into some things. Uh, the 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 you know the bookstores, if you can find a bookstore, are loaded with um, that kind of that kind of work. But you have to find it. What the hell is going on at this table right now, Larry? <laughs> stop it, Larry. Larry's playing the jug TV. band over here. It's, yeah. <laughs> so there's. So you're saying there's smart stuff in bookstores, but not on the internet. No, no, At least no. Not on the it podcast is, anyway. Oh my god, I'm dying. I'm dying here. So t- tell us. No, help, so help me out as a dummy. Tell me more. Just the basics of esotericism. So, the word esoteric basically goes to um, something that's on. Only understood by people who understand it. Understand it, yeah. If you can, that's it's seeing seeing from the inside out, um, and it, it 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 relates to a lot of different things. But basically, it starts with the concept of initiation and being made to understand something that uninitiated people just simply don't understand or or, or don't see. There's nothing in our fraternity, and and I was on a tour at the Grand Lodge of Philadelphia and uh, Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania in Philly, and one of the other people on the tour said, "Well, how come how come this is you're all secret and, and secrets and everything and uh, secret?" And Where's I was the money stash, right? You know, and I said, "There's nothing really here that's secret. Even the whole the whole concept of esoteric thought, it's all out there." There's nothing in this fraternity that's particularly unique to any sort of esotericism. It just it just pulls it together into a framework. And if you want to explore what it is, then it's available to you. The problem is there's so few people in the fraternity today that understand that it's even there because they've been so indoctrinated into the into the camaraderie module that that they haven't given any any real time to the whole spiritual you know, personal development aspect of it. And that's. I know I've, I've never signed up for it, but I looked into Rosicrucianism a few times and just kind of like, and the only reason I didn't follow through with it is really because I just felt like I was too much of a slacker and I felt like I wasn't ready to, to buckle down and do the work. But I think they kind of like tackle it more head, head on. Mm-hmm. Than the Masons, whereas it's it's a more circuitous route with us. You have to really hunt to find it, or do you? 
When I was <laughs> when I was in Jamaica, I went to Rastafarian meeting. That was awesome. But you were also in Brussels and had sprouts. Con- yeah, <laughs> had sprouts on your salad. Yeah, uh, but you know all that's all that's not all completely different either, right? Because it's just other sides of the same coin. Yeah. yeah. Um, what it, it and and Rosicrucianism and I I I, I looked at it I, I read um, a couple of things um, and at at the point where I came to that stuff it was twenty years after I was looking for it like I was looking for that stuff when I was eighteen twenty twenty two I was I was into all of it I read you know all the Vedas and I read you know, Hindu mysticism and I read um, Christian mysticism and I read all kinds of crazy but stuff. But without saying a Masonic saying, you saw things that you were not ready to see yet. Correct. Kind of um, like in your first degree. And and in, in my sometimes chemically enhanced state of mind, um, it gave me an opportunity to see things from a perspective that I never would have seen them. So all of those things that are coming out now through this esoteric podcast, yeah, I, I remember that. I, I got that. I, the whole idea of gnosis and, and, and all of these things that are sort of dribbling out now in Freemasonry. Um, I, I was reading that stuff 20 years ago. So this is, I'm, I'm in sort of a refresher mode. Um, and I, and I, and it's, it's really well-timed because I need it. I, there's, there's, I, 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 I just personally, I need, I need to recenter myself and, and worry about the things that are important and not worry about the things that aren't and be able to identify the difference. I, I am <clears throat> seeing changes in our lodges as well, uh, with the uh, process of education, having speakers come in and so forth where, uh, five, six years ago, you didn't see it, but all of a sudden, we're getting people in our venue who are really well-versed, Yes, and it is a big change and a good change. And conversely, I'm also seeing some of the really old-timers there just hanging on for dear life because they're just not—I I think they can comprehend it, but I just think they're bored with it. But yet, at the same time, I see a multitude of of newer members uh, uh, and so forth that are just grasping at it and just just uh, sucking it up, so to speak. Is that I see the changes. So I I think we're in our <coughs> local area in our little district here in Pennsylvania. I think we're seeing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I think Josh in your lodge, you're seeing a lot of it. I think um, in Tim's lodge, there's a lot of it. In your chapter, there's a lot of it. Um, I wonder if it's happening more globally. I don't really, I don't know, because I'm not out there. I, I am, I'm seeing the, the, the Academy of Masonic Knowledge. I'm seeing the Lodge Research. I'm seeing those kinds of things. But those are kind of very high level, high surface level, um, you know, very well exposed issues. I mean, hearing from our friends there in Australia, I think it is going on other places as well, because they're, they found a group of, like-minded young men that wanted to dig into these things. And that seemed the blue, uh, the blue lounge, I guess. And that seems to be growing. I'm seeing changes in my home state lodges in South Carolina taking place now, whereas maybe 10 years ago or 70 years ago on the, on the internet, I would see things that 
just made me shake and shrivel. I'm thinking, holy cow, what are they doing? You know, and they're not wearing coats and ties to lodge. They're going in jeans. And I thought, this is wrong. But now I'm seeing a reversal of all of that. I'm seeing the Grand Lodge of South Carolina becoming more active and proactive in education. I see a lot of very good changes going on in, my, in, 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 in the state that I was raised in. So I think it is happening in a lot of different places. I think with any change, uh, we could find places that it's working well, that we're seeing a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I think we could point out, even within our own jurisdiction of Pennsylvania, that there are some lodges that are really struggling because they haven't quite grasped what you're talking about. Uh, but with any change, you've got kind of the early adopters, um, and then you've got those that see that it's working somewhere else, and so they begin to buy in and they start to make that change. And then you've got those that are kind of at the tail end of the change that – um, you know, they're only going to make that change if they're forced to. Um, I, I haven't seen a ton of pushback by the older folks. I can tell you, being Grant's Hall Cedar this year, I'm in an organization that the average age is pretty high. And at first, I kind of thought... I'm young. Yeah. I, <laughs> at first, I kind of thought these guys were kind of stuck in their ways and resi- you know, resistant to change and always grumpy. But what I found out was that when they joined, they didn't join everything like the guys around the table are doing. You know, they got out of Blue Lodge, they picked the one appendant body that they wanted to focus on and spend time on, and Tall Cedars have been their life for the past 30, 40 years. Hmm. And now that they see that somebody's actually following through with it and and taking the tall cedarism seriously they don't mind that i'm trying new things but you know in the beginning when they don't know if these you know the new grand halls are actually you know just stopping in for a year to get a, get some letters on their resume and, and then get out but i think you know the old guys and, and being such a small body i run into a lot of past supreme tall cedars and they're very happy to see new ideas. And, you know, I, I, I thought I would have stereotyped them the other way, but it's not true. They're eager to change. I think most of the bodies, that's true. Um, I can't speak to Shrine because I haven't had anybody mention Shrine to me in probably a year. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Or I think it's just geographically where we are because we don't have a Shrine in our county. So we're kind of like the... Yeah, it's an hour drive in either direction to get to Shrine. So they, I, have, I have like several past potentates in my own lodge. Mm-hmm. And while a lot of us belong to the Shrine, I've, I don't think I've ever been to a Shrine meeting um, in the 10 years that I've been a member of the Shrine. Um, you know, I joined because everybody else was joining and I was asked to join and... Um, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge. Exactly. Uh. exactly. Um, you know, Scottish Rite was different. I jumped into that. I got involved in, um, as Larry would call it, some of the plays. Uh, <laughs> skits. The skits. skits. Uh, the degree work there. Yeah. Um, you know, I did that. I enjoyed that. I still enjoy that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just... I've never been to a shrine meeting. But those things that you're talking about doing, the the novel things that you're talking about doing in Cedars or, you know, we're, we're trying to do in Grotto and, and that kind of stuff, that's not the kind of deeper, deep thinking that 
that I'm seeing in in the Blue Lodge. I'm seeing young guys that are looking for something to connect with. And we've talked about this before about about you know spiritual but not religious, right? The 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 younger guys that 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 seems to define them. Um, and they're looking for some something that they can connect with, that they can understand the world differently. Um, and, and that's just now really starting to percolate the, out. The challenge, I, though, I think with Blue Lodge is it's, it's the beginning, it's the foundation. Right. And it's got to be a little bit of something for everybody. And it's hard for them to, to focus on things. Whereas you get to these smaller bodies of, of York Right, you could kind of make your local chapter be that home of some of these teachings and some of these, these things more than the Blue Lodge. Because the Blue Lodge kind of needs just to be like high school. It's, you know, for the person that wants to go in and just be a social member or the person that wants to be a deep thinker. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think blue, we kind of talked about this with Jim Stevens last week. What is the purpose of the Blue Lodge? If we need to, like, narrow that down, because if we try to be something for everybody, it's just going to get so watered down, it's going to fail. Well, and I think as Jim pointed out, each individual lodge has to ask that question and answer it for themselves. Um, right, because we have that flexibility. That's right. And... Within certain parameters, obviously, of the Grand Lodge, but uh, it's one that we don't take advantage of, I think, too many times. It's just we do this because we did this last year, and we did it the year before. Um, But I I agree with you, Jack, that we're starting to see folks come into the Lodge that are asking those questions that haven't been asked in a long, long time. Yeah, It's it's fascinating. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to overtake you. It's a statistical thing that when Dan Brown came out with his book, and when Nicolas Cage made the movies National Treasure, we had a spike in membership growth, and they were coming from younger people. Mm-hmm. We know that. Statistically, we know that. Yep. And if they were looking for things that Brown talked about. They were looking for things that uh, fictitiously uh, Nicolas Cage movie. They were looking for something, and they thought Freemasonry offered that. And we whiffed. We whiffed. We whiffed. <laughs> they well, came right up but, to the plate, but, and we but, whiffed. But like you said, I think we're gradually getting that back in small steps to a very, very good degree. Well, Tim, let me ask you this. Because you're probably at the table here the most active um, church person. Um, you are? are you? Yes. Tim's very active in his church. Yeah. He, are you church folk? I'm praise and worship leader at my church. and. Oh. Praise and worship. What does that mean? Excellent. We, I lead the singing and do everything before the pastor comes up. Do you handle the snakes? Oh, okay. No, we don't do snakes. No, no strict nine? <laughs> no strict nine. Okay. Um, but, like, I know at my wife's church. Like, so they'll have, I used to always wonder what, like, yeah, like what, what's the Sunday school stuff? I mean, you're adults. But, yeah, they would, like, after service, they would break up into smaller groups and have discussions on different topics. Like, you know, there's, we're, while we're not a religion... There's certain things we could steal, we're, but we, I think we are like a church. We may not be a religion, but we're like a church. I think we could steal some of those ideas. Like when Lodge is over, have some breakout sessions for the people that want to talk about nerdy stuff. <gasps> oh. The guys that want to talk about fun stuff. But 
that you, you know, can find if your was, niche. Well, if there was somebody in this podcast who is in the chairs and going to be master one day, oh yeah, well, that would be a, a would really be cool. interesting idea for that person to yeah. adopt in this who's year. A, is it, who here is a senior warden? I, I don't know. It's got to be <laughs> somebody <laughs> that could. <laughs> Remember, too, in, in, in the United States, uh, we do things a lot differently. We'd have to do breakouts in our lodges. Um, but what in, in Europe and other places like that, they go and have a festive board, and they do all of that, whereas we don't. And I don't know that breaking out afterwards is would would uh, would be beneficial. Whether people would even be interested in that. Can you break out beforehand? Well, we do that when we have dinner. Uh, we would have a breakout when we have dessert after the lodge meetings. That's usually the procedures that we have. Yeah, but ain't nobody, but ain't nobody talking about Plato. No, and absolutely not. Nobody's going to talk about Aristotle. No. I mean, the Whereas, closest thing is when I was master, my buddies and I, the, the officer line, we'd go to Quips, which is a little English pub. We'd go to the bar after, and we would actually talk about Masonic stuff. There mm-hmm. you go. And then after a few drinks, it would devolve into... <laughs> Masonic dirty stuff. jokes Other and stuff, yeah. yeah whatever I mean, we're playing darts but, sort of sort of festive board but still like you know but that's the idea right you know yeah. we could go and talk about nerdy stuff too sorry Jack Jack's offended uh, no I'm not no I love I love the, I love the nerdy stuff I uh somebody my, my son was somewhere and he was talking to a friend and his friend's father was with him and uh, his friend's father was a Mason, and he mentioned that there was this podcast called Masonic Light. And yeah, my father's on this podcast. And, and the guy said, your father's on that podcast? Who's your father? And he told him, and he said, oh, yeah, the straight one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't know what that means, but yeah, all right. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but there are sexually or just yeah. joking. I just, I'm not even. Not that there's anything I wrong think, with that. Yeah, either like, way, I'm okay. I, it's just. But I think also no. you were mentioning, you know, my affiliation with with my church and stuff. And when I first got involved with uh, uh, Freemasonry, you know, there were a lot of people that you know had read all of the propaganda and anti-Masonic stuff and. There were a lot of questions about, you know, what, what's Tim doing? Why is he doing this? And uh, so as I progressed through the chairs, when I got to Junior Warden, I started inviting people from my church to come to my installation. Nice. And um, when my pastor and deacon came, and afterwards, uh, when they saw just that piece of it, they were like, this is cool. Um, and since then, not a single question. And I think that's a big part of it is people – um, they're afraid of what they don't know. Sure. Yeah. And, and for year for a, for two hundred years, that's what it was. For two hundred yeah. years, yeah. that's what it was, and it was seen as an alternative to what you do at church. And it's never been that for yeah, me, it, and I don't right. believe it's been that. It's for funny. I, I was raised Catholic, so I was raised with a lot of theater, a lot of ritual, a lot mm-hmm. of things like that. So Freemasonry makes a lot of sense to me. Whereas occasionally, I'll go to my wife's church who is a uh, a Mennonite church, and I just feel like there's, like, not really any real structure or things like that. I'm like, I think some of these folks would really enjoy the structure of Freemasonry. Um, but, you know, I don't know how to, like, sell it to these people that have an inherent, I won't even say distrust. They just don't have a knowledge of it. 
for those of you that have seen my church uh, Facebook live broadcasts, you know, we don't have much structure either, but uh, it's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it looks like the Whoopi Goldberg church. Like, yeah. all in, like, uh, we're, we're an incredibly diverse group of people, and... Uh, you know, anyway. It, and you it, have an auditorium that seats 10,000. No, we actually have an auditorium that seats about 60, and we end up with uh, about 40, which oh, is about really? the right okay. size. So. Well, you're not a really big church then. No. Okay. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, the rest of episode 69. 69. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. From planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. And we're back. Um, so, uh, what are we going to do, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that we were talking about during the break is the uh, increased uh, feedback we've been getting from our listeners, and it's been generally positive, which is always good. It's got to be uh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, we would encourage you to uh, write to us. Uh, we encourage us you to share, obviously, the podcast with others to. Uh, help others come to know uh, about the podcast. And then uh, also, uh, we would invite your participation to support the podcast by being one of our Patreons. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yes, a patron on Patreon. There you go. Uh, And we have three levels of support there. Um, What is it? One, five? One, five, and 13. 13, Because 13 is the magic number. So this is is to set you up for a... um, uh, what do you call it? micropayment? There you go. Um, just you know, a, a dollar a month. If 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 this drivel is worth a dollar a month to you, then sign up on Patreon. And, and, and Larry and I both committed tonight that we're actually both going to sign yes. up because we've been as hosts. We were supposed to bring five dollars to every month, every broadcast, like to throw into the kitty, and we haven't been doing it. So we're going to sign up as thirteen dollar donors right. when we get home. That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Um, but no pressure, uh, Tim. we uh, we received a comment from a listener, I believe, in England um, that uh, Pete, you want to share with us? Uh, I would love to share it with you, but I, my internet and everything. Um, now, I have brother Jack Saunders um, from England, and basically, he just was raving about how awesome we are. Now, he's- <laughs> <laughs> so he actually said that um, that he's started one of the um, cornerstone groups. Yeah. And that he's he he's working on bringing Masonic Light L I G H T uh, to more um, more people over there, and that they, they've just recently been issued. I don't think they've been issued, but they've been approved for a charter. So congratulations to those guys. Yeah, the uh, and over there it has to be approved by the Duke of Kent. 
So inter- I mean, it, and another interesting tidbit is it is de- it is uh, focused on younger folks. Uh, this charter I was reading their their target yeah. audience. So yeah, so once so apparently he's kind of like swamped in the uh, the paperwork of getting that all done. Uh-huh. But uh, we plan on having him on the show whenever he gets he can come up comes up for airing and talk about it. So, but it's pretty exciting. So thanks for writing and appreciate it. So we'd encourage you to uh, uh, give us your thoughts. If you have an idea for a future show, please uh, let us know that. And uh, let, us know you, let us know what you think about the podcast. We're always interested in uh, you, our listeners, and uh, what you uh, want to hear. So um, why don't we wrap this up? And uh, has anybody got anything going on Masonic between now and next couple of weeks? I don't know whether this will be out in time, but on February 26th, I will be conferring the Ancient Order of Yellow Dogs at the um, at our Tall Cedars meeting. It's a casual meeting, um, dresses, jeans, and a seafood night will be fun, and uh, you could become a Yellow Dog Freemason. So Very how exciting. should uh, a listener let you know that they're coming? Because they need to let you know that they're coming, right? Right. They could go into Eventbrite and look for Master Mason Seafood Night and Yellow Dog Degree, and I guarantee you there's only one of those in the whole world. <laughs> going on and if you're you can be in lancaster pennsylvania on february 26th if you hate seafood just show up at seven o'clock with five bucks and we'll give you the yellow dog degree be very good great larry no nothing (laughs) (laughs) well larry we have a kipling dinner you should be plugging yeah Yeah, but that's at the end of the show when the chicken starts he's gonna do that with the chicken oh tim there's a plan um i'm going to defer commenting on ubar grotto so that our uh Esteemed monarch. Esteemed monarch can do that. But potent monarch. Our potent mon- monarch. But I want to plug the pregame show. Uh, prior to Grotto, which is on Sunday the 24th. The f- always the fourth Sunday. It's always the fourth Sunday. Um, at DNS Cigar, which is one of our sponsors, uh, there will be a demonstration of cigar rolling um, there beginning sometime shortly after noon, I believe. Correct. And we'll continue until we determine it's time to head to Grotto. I got to say, I think it started on my watch, but um, we have a... They have humidors there with lockers. Yep. And the Lancaster County Grotto Club has been buying, renting a locker every year, the largest size locker, and I can tell you right now there has never been a cigar in that locker. (laughs) But there's a lot of other stuff. There... There may be 20 bottles of things in there, but there's zero cigars. So. I, I, um, I beg to differ. I, I believe you saw a cigar? There are a couple of sticks in there, but I, okay. I I'd have to wrong. put them in a lockbox. I could be wrong. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, for me, by the time this gets posted, it will have already happened. We have stated meeting tomorrow. I am the speaker. I am actually speaking on... The symbolism that we put into the lodge when we made our res- uh, renovations. So, if, if anybody's been to Effort Lodge, you've seen a lot of very cool visual things that that went into the lodge when we remodeled in 2009. Um, none of which do any of the members know anything about. So, I will be addressing that, and then, of course, on the t- 24th of this month, uh, we will be having this uh, uh, cigar roller. Uh, who's uh, starting out at noon at DNS, and sometime around 5 o'clock will stagger north to Elizabethtown to join our Ubar Grotto uh, and continue his discussion of cigar rolling and the cigar industry and uh, all of that cool stuff. Jack, what was the percentage turnout at your first meeting? 
Um, we have a membership in Ubar Grotto of just under 100, um, and we had 49 attendees at our meeting. So, so if anybody else... So 50% membership yeah, attendance. It, that it, is amazing. If any other Masonic body in Pennsylvania can show me where they had 50% attendance, um, I'll buy them dinner at the next Grotto meeting. So. Uh, well, AMD, couple, except yeah. AMD. Except okay, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the um, the Clayton Key Lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's like 100. percent That's mandatory. Though. The significance, though, additional significance of this upcoming uh, Grotto meeting is it's a Master Masons event, which means any Master Mason can attend. Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, thank you very much for that. You're such a good PR guy. God, we should hire you or something. <laughs> Damn. Um, so it is a Master Mason night. So if you are a Master Mason and are interested in finding out more about Grotto um, and you happen to be within 100 miles of Pennsylvania, of, uh, of, of Elizabeth, Or the non, one non-Grotto member at this table. Um, what? Oh, <laughs> you're doomed. You are doomed. Um, contrary to popular belief, it is not a drinking club. It is, a, uh, it is an association where people are entitled to have beverages that are legal by the state of Pennsylvania. So um, that's kind of a novel idea. Uh, act like grown-ups. So that's kind of nice. Pete? Well, I, I acted like a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> I made a very home. wise decision. <laughs> I knew I was a, a problem. I knew decision. I was a problem. Yes, sir. And we uh, got the vegan menu in the past. So, so we're actually going to have vegan. All right. Now, you brought it up, so I'm going to say it. I, I, love me, I love me some Jay Laser, right? <laughs> And and uh, as venerable prophet, he did his job, and that is to schedule the meal. And he scheduled a, a, an interesting, different meal that uh, no one would have ordered it if they were out on their own. I thought it was quite good. Um, other people, not so much, but for me, it was all right. Um, but the, the concept of vegan sausage, to me, is an oxymoron. So I'm just going to leave that there. All right, so I think it's time to cue the chickens. Cue the chickens. And uh, Larry, take us out of here. Hey, folks. Sonic Light Podcast Gala, Gala, Gala. The Roger Kipling Dinner at Media Heights Country Club on Saturday evening, April 27, 2019. Now, this is going to be a spectacular night with great entertainment and lots of fun. So make your reservations now, as I'm understanding. We've got a lot of people who are buying tickets to this event. Well, maybe pot down the chickens a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two ways you could do it. You can go to Masonic Light Podcast, www.masoniclightpodcast.com, and you can order your tickets from Eventbrite. Or as of uh, tomorrow, we will have a file on there. Uh, where you can actually order direct and not go through Eventbrite. So if you don't want to pay the fee, you, you don't can want mail to pay us the check. Eventbrite fee. Exactly, exactly. So there you have it, folks. Get those reservations in now. We have a limited, uh, limited amount of uh, tables that we can have. So you know, please the, get the them in first now. two out-of-state residents are allowed to stay on Larry's futon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have. Uh, this is Larry Maris. Uh, thank you for listening. That's Pete Ruggieri. Goodbye. Jack Harley, Tim Dedman, and Josh. Josh. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.